By the grace of God, on this Resurrection Sunday, we are looking at our theme of quickened by divine power for restful increase. Quickened for divine power, by divine power for restful increase. This is our covenant season of restful increase. And so even in the context of Easter, we are still basking strong in that word that God gave to us at the beginning of the year as a season for us to run with. We are looking at restful increase through our vision mandate. We are a church that is being called of God to raise with him and for him a people of purity, power, purpose, and prosperity. And whilst we celebrate the mandate, we also reflect upon this mandate from time to time to help us see where we are and to help us see what God has been doing in our lives. And so last week we started the series. Do we have the banner today? Last week we started the series, and uh, what we had in the series last week was uh, the fact that we had uh, uh, the, the power of God demonstrated in the way of the first vision mandate of purity. And so today we are looking at the second vision mandate of power, raising with God a people of power. And um, I want to thank God for how he's been helping us. Our anchor scripture throughout this series would be in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says Jesus has finished on earth and it was about time for him to depart. And he said to the disciples who were looking at him just before he left. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And I'm going to stop there today because we've read it all before. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Last week we explained to you. You, the called out ones, you, the saved ones, you, those that have named the name of the Lord, you, the born again, you, that call his name, and you, that manifest his glory. He said, you shall receive power. This is what we are looking at as a second vision mandate. He said, we shall be a people of power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and it shall be for a purpose. You shall be witnesses. We'll go into that next week. But we shall receive power. When we talk about power, power is the ability to do something. Power is the ability to do something in a particular way. I want to read for you the Tyndale Bible Dictionary definition. He said, power is the ability to do things by virtue of strength, skill, resources, or authorization. By virtue of strength, skill, resources, or authorization. This is a Bible dictionary. And it's very important for us to understand this, that power is of God. By reason of that definition, power, we must understand, can be both natural or divine. All power comes from God. The Bible says power belongs to God. But you see, God in his wisdom, in creating mankind, he put latent power into everything he created. So there is a natural power that exists in everyone that is born. There is the power to hear, power to see, power to talk, power to walk, power to move, power to respirate, power to excrete, power to do the things that we should do as living beings. There is the power even in plants to stand in their frame. There is a power for plants to carry the fruits that is meant to hide the seeds that is meant to give them the reproductive cycles. There is a power for the birds to fly. There is a power for the, swim, the, the fish to swim. There is a power for everything that God created as natural. 
So when we talk about power and we say divine power, we must understand the two realms. There is divine power that has manifested. Thank you very much. That's the banner for the day. There is a divine power that has manifested in us being able to do the things we do naturally. And many people in life rest on this power and think, and because it is so much power, we have the power to reason. You don't need to be born again to be a genius. You don't. You don't need to be born again to be witty, to be of witty inventions. You don't. You don't need to be born again to know how to reasonably manage a relationship because there's power to do that. You don't need to be born again to know how to raise up children. You don't. That's why many people are doing it well without a connection to Jesus Christ whatsoever, without a connection to the divine power I want to talk about today. So we need to understand that there is power in natural power, but we must not, as a people who understand, let's go back to Acts 1.8, that Jesus said, you shall receive power. He's talking to people who already have natural power. He's talking to people who already understand that they can talk and walk and they can do things, they can manage themselves. Married men and women, people who were working, people who were in trades and people who followed him. He's talking to them, but he said, you shall receive power because there is a kind of power that comes that is supernatural power. It is called divine power. When it comes upon a man, it puts a layer on the soup of the supernatural on the natural. This is the difference. And every believer that does not walk in the realm of this power, like we heard earlier on in the welcome chat when Pastor Moses was sharing, any believer that does not walk in this realm of power should change himself because there is a limitation in the natural power. This is why when David was going to hand over the building of the temple to his son Solomon, David no doubt is a king in a class all by himself of humans. Of course, God is the only king in a class all by himself. But when we talk about human beings, King David was not an ordinary king. You know I talk about him a lot. You know he's a man of God that I cherish his life so much. Not because I was named after him alone. I'm thankful to God for that. But also because this man was extraordinary. He was a fighter. He was a poet. He was a king. He was a priest. Many things in one. A musician. You couldn't beat it. He was a businessman. He was very wealthy. David was in a class that you could not put many kings till today. But he had a son who the Bible says God recorded as being the wisest man that ever lived. When David was going to hand over to this his son, he understood this principle that, Lord, if this my son will succeed, I need you to give him that power, the thing that works in me, that makes me an extraordinary character. I need him to also walk in it. And so in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, David had gathered all the things to build the temple. You know, David was about to start building. God said, you are not going to build it. You are not going to build it. You've got too much blood on your hands. Not that God said he was a wicked man, but because God didn't, didn't want David to build the temple as a result of his own kind of background and what he has been through, but that he wanted Solomon to be the builder of the temple. And so David began to pray in dedicating Solomon and commissioning him to do the work. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11, it's on the screen, let's read together. It says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, 
and you are exalted as head over all. He exalted and lifted up the name of the Lord. Verse 12. He lifted up the name of the Lord. He said, both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all. Even though this, my son, is going to start reigning over the nation that I'm handing him, that I'm handing over to him, you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And so David prayed to God that had all power to endow his own son with the same power. When Paul got this mystery, he got us to understand that this is the same power. Peter first, sorry, Peter first when he preached after the power came on them in Acts chapter 2. And Peter came out to preach in Acts chapter 2 verse 22. Peter also talked about this power. And we read it, those of you that may have joined the service later on, we read the, in, in, the, in, the, in the book of Acts today from Acts chapter 2. We read from verse 22 to verse 47 as our Bible reading. But I just want to pick the first three verses there so that we can focus on what we want to do today. Peter said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourself also know verse 23 verse 23 he said him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God Christ's death was not accidental Christ's death was not something that happened by chance Christ's death was not something that the devil controlled the Bible says it was by the purpose and the foreknowledge of God the people who were doing it thought they had the power. Pilate said, don't you know I have power to set you free and to crucify you? God, Jesus said to him, you have no power except the one God has given you. He said, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Well, let's read verse 24. Wherever you are, read it. It's on the screen. He said, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Whom God raised up. Whom God raised up. There is a power that raised Jesus up. There is a power that raised Jesus up from the dead. Even though he, it was by predetermined counsel. Even though it was by the foreknowledge of God. When he died there had to be the need of that power to be released to raise him up. Don't forget. Jesus lived and died as the Son of Man. Given as the Son of God, came in the flesh, lived and died as the Son of Man. But when he became glorified, he took on the form of the Son of God again. Jesus was fully God, fully man all through. But for him to be sacrificed, he had to die as the son of man because son of God, God himself cannot be killed at all. Not that he can be killed and resurrect. This is the confusion to many people. Many people say, how can a God be dead? How can a God be dead? And so it is important that we understand this. Let us continue to, to appreciate the, the, the power that is in God. Please keep your mics muted. Even if I'm asking you to respond, just respond in your homes, just for the recording. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. And uh, we, we, we need to understand this. Now, when Paul later came 
he now said that same resurrection power that we are celebrating today, that raised Jesus from the dead, is at work in us. When we read our non-responsive reading earlier on today, Pastor Cephas led us and he read from Romans chapter 8, verse 11 as one of the verses. He first read Matthew 28, 1 to 10, and then Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Let's read that together. The Bible says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Listen, friends, your mortal body has power. I've told you, it's natural power. Your mortal body has strength. It's natural strength. Your mortal body has natural abilities. But you must understand that there is a quickening. There is a raising. There is a resurrection that can be given to your mortal body to have the life of God. The same way Jesus' body was quickened and he rose from the dead. You and I must understand today that we trivialize that power if we don't understand it. That's why Paul said very carefully, if, that is to say, do you understand? That is to say, do you acknowledge? That is to say, do you agree? If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, do you understand? Do you believe it? Do you acknowledge it? He said, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that is dwelling in you. And this is very important for us because if we are talking about walking in this divine power so that we can have restful increase, we must understand that it takes an acknowledgement that we have the Holy Spirit in us and that the Holy Spirit is able to quicken our mortal bodies. You see, the natural man can do a lot. The natural man can do a lot. We can think. We can do stuff. And we are brilliant. We are clever. God made us that way. We can do things without God as we are. He just creates us and we can run a lot of things. But sadly, this is why most men think that that is the ultimate. We have scientific minds. As a trained engineer, I know that one of the things we do is we keep looking for materials, natural materials that exist on the earth as they are now, and use their latent characteristics, what they already have inside them that God has put there. We put it together and we build structures. We build structures now that go up to 800 meters above the ground and go down 150 meters below the ground using natural materials that we just took and put together and refined, in some cases made some steel members out of common ore, or even just used them as stones as they are naturally. Just crush them and use them and make concrete and build high and build high and build high. Because those materials have power in them. But it's sad to see that in our day and age, because we, we understand the science and we can, we can look at those things, many people now think we don't need gold. That is where we miss the point. We are still walking with all that. We are still walking in the realm of mortality. That's why we have many, many aircrafts today, probably one million of them that are in service but are on the ground. For weeks, they've been on the ground because we are limited. In our calculation, we have never imagined that a day in 2020 will happen when we will have planes sat on airports that cannot fly. Because the realm of mortality is limited. I'm not happy. Those of you that know me very well know that I'm a very, very big fan of the aviation industry. And I felt very, very bad 
that um, you know they are so hit like everybody else. But it's a sad sight to see those big, beautiful planes sat on, on airport, airport tarmacs and airport runways, not being able to fly for days and weeks. But that is an exposure of the limitation of mankind. We build them, but they can't fly. Not because there's any war, but because there's just one simple virus that is ravaging and moving in the pace that no human being can comprehend. And we are doing everything we can. And all we can call him now today is the invisible enemy. The world must come back to this place where we acknowledge that there is a spirit, there is a higher order of a power that is beyond this natural. There is a higher order of a power. Listen, friends, I am, I am by the grace of God, a believer in science. That is why I have three degrees that are scientific-based, that are technology-based. I don't joke with it. I believe that God gave science to mankind. And I respect what dentists and lawyers and doctors and pilots and everyone who can function in the realm of science and technology and researchers, I, I, I acknowledge what they do and I have no problem with it. But if we don't understand that we have a higher order of a power that we all as a world must go on our knees and acknowledge, then we're wasting our time. We're limited. We're limited. If that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised him from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. And I'm going to just tell you four areas believers must understand. There are so many ways, but I want to try and group them into four that we must understand that we need to operate this power. Number one, we need to operate power to our inner being. I've just told you how much of our, our inner being is strong. The spirit of man is strong. The soul of man is strong. The willpower of man is strong. That is why a man can run a marathon of, of 22 miles, 30 miles, 50 miles. That is how a man can, can, can go and swim across the Atlantic and try to swim across the Pacific as well. <laughs> that man can do that. The willpower of man, sheer willpower. But there is something about the inner strength of God that is still incomparable. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He said, we should always be praying that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Don't forget, that spirit is at work in you. It's at work in me. But the Bible says that we should be praying that he will strengthen us with might. So we need inner strength. We need inner strength. Our inner being needs to be strengthened by God. What is our inner being? This talks, you all know that man is a spirit, he has a soul, lives in a body. So when we talk about our spirit man, we're talking about that part of us that connects to God. That part of us that, that has to believe God. That part of, God, of, of us that has to yield to God. It needs to be strengthened. It needs to be strengthened. Because everything we do, anytime we are weak in other areas of life, it is the strength that comes from that within that we can use to overcome. Our emotions can be hit. When a person loses a loved one, their emotions can be hit. And the emotions can go crazy. When you, when you have a relationship that you, you enjoyed and suddenly one person walks off and, and, and breaks your heart and runs off with your worst enemy. <laughs> breaks your heart. And you, I've seen things like that happen and people commit suicide. People lose elective posts and they commit suicide. People get deserted. Pastors get deserted by church members and, and they commit suicide or they, they resort to drugs or backslide. 
because the emotional man was hit down and the strength in the inner man was not there. If you are going to go far in this journey of the Christian race, you must be praying that he strengthens you with might in your inner man. And then you need the intellectual prowess that is from above. The Bible says the wisdom that is from above is above all. Thank God for the natural wisdom, but until you operate by the wisdom of God, you cannot understand that there are realms that are beyond this realm. The strength of the inner man transforms you. The strength of the inner man helps you rely much more on God than on your own physical abilities. Every one of us knows that man has strong willpower. But if you let the one that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure work in you, you will make less wrong choices. You will be about to make a choice that looks so natural. You will be about to respond to a matter in a way that looks so natural and okay. But the wisdom from above, according to the one that works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure, says, that's not what I want you for you now, my son. And then you refuse it. And then you reject it. And then you are saved from calamity. This kind of strength stays in you. It doesn't matter your size. I like something Mark Twain said. I was reminded of it just yesterday. He said, it is not the size of the dog in the fight that matters but it is the size of the fight in the dog how much fight have you got on your inside this is why we have wishy-washy willy-nilly christians all over the place today up today down tomorrow crazy tomorrow loving tomorrow what's that nonsense how much strength have you got on your inside with or without sunshine you are there rain or no rain you are there physical gathering or no physical gathering you are there Always going. Seeming lost today, you are there. Seeming pleasure tomorrow, you are there. Strength of the inner man. When David came back and the people in, in, in the story of Ziklag and the people had burnt all their things and everything, the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. That is a man that has strength of the inner man. You cannot encourage yourself if you don't have strength of the inner man. So we must all learn to pray. That God strengthen us with might on the inner man. This is part of the mortality of man that needs to be quickened. This is part of the mortality of man that needs to respond to the immortality of God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1, 17 that it is God that is immortal. If you need the power of the immortal as immortal, you need to pray that the immortal strengthens your inner man. Number two, we need power for kingdom service. Very close to the first one I mentioned. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7. He said, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. I became a minister. I became a servant. I became a kingdom servant according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Many of us stop at the gift. We don't rely on the effective working of the power. That's why today we feel like singing. Tomorrow we don't feel like singing. We feel like praying today. We don't feel like praying tomorrow. We feel like evangelizing today. We don't feel like evangelizing tomorrow. You need power for kingdom service. This kind of power stimulates you from within to without. It energizes you. I have never, since by the grace of God Almighty, since this church was committed as an assignment to my hands in, in August the 31st of 2013, I have never felt on a Sunday like not preaching. Never. By the grace and mercies of my God. Because I have that effective working of that power in me. 
Since we started praying two years ago, those of you that know, I am there every day, Monday to Friday. Even when I travel at times, I'm on the plane, I join you at times. It's not me. There is an effect. Don't say, ah, that man is he's just lucky. <laughs> that, that pastor, I like, he's very lucky. He's not, there's nothing like that. There is something about the grace of God, number one. Then number two, there is the effective working of his power so that you can minister. When I hear all kinds of things that, that pastors are, are, are resorting to things and, and sadly people, people are having to resort to drugs and props to keep them going because of things or, and people pressure. I, I, I say, but the, the, the Bible makes it clear. First and foremost, the church is not your property. The church is not my property. So why should I die? Even the things that are my property, I don't kill myself over them. Not to talk of what is nigh. No, clearly it's not my property. So I, I, I refuse the stress. I refuse the thing that people catch. God told me two years ago. He says, son, anybody I call and burns out, burns out out of his own pride. They burn out because they have stopped to rely on me. I am not in any way trivializing the fact that pressures can be very hard and harsh on people, especially those in the forefront. Because you are getting attacks from both sides. The devil is attacking you and at times he's using the same people you love to attack you. The people looked at David, they said, we'll kill you. The same David that made them mighty men. They forgot that they were disgruntled people. They were people who had no hope. They were people who were not going anywhere. People who were vagabonds, the Bible called them. And suddenly they looked at their captain who was their leader, who was teaching, teaching them and mentoring them into greatness. One day, because of one calamity, they said, we'll kill you now. We'll kill you now. So leadership can be tough. Whether you are a father, or whether you are a prime minister, or you are a pastor, or you are a leader of a group, or you are a head of department, or you are a line manager, leadership can be very tough. But you need to understand that you minister according to the effective working of his power, especially if it has to do with kingdom service. The Bible says concerning Moses in Deuteronomy 34, 7, we will not turn there. The Bible says, and so Moses died, being 120 years old, but his eyes were not dim. And his strength was not abated. Another translation says his natural vigor was not diminished. It's a mystery. 120. I can relate to it. I had a grandfather. He's gone to be with the Lord now. That man was very strong to the very last minute. Very, very strong. If you hold his hand and he holds you like this, you will feel it. Even as I was a teenager then, he will, he will shake me like this. You will know somebody shook your hand. <laughs> But I know, because he too was a servant of God. He served God all the last 70 years of his life, planting churches, serving God, just doing those things in the ministry that got him converted in the early 1900s. So you can have strength. And I pray today that whatever is trying to steal the effective working of his power in your life, this resurrection power we are celebrating today will help you overcome it in the name of Jesus. You need it, I need it. Otherwise, we cannot go far. In this race. Number three, we need power for healing and divine health. Power for healing and divine health. This comes through the word of God or the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, verse 16, again, Peter was preaching, especially after they, 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 they uh, ministered healing to the man who was lame at the gate, beautiful. And people were wondering that how did these people do it? And Peter came and said, You people think that it is, the it is us that, doing, that, that did this. We didn't do this. He said, this man, in verse 16, he said, and his name, talking about Jesus, through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see now. 
Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You and I need to be strong. You and I need to be strong to do the work. Nobody can effectively discharge the work of the ministry without the strength of God. You go tired. We all work hard. We are a very busy generation. We work till midnight, 1 a.m., writing papers. As you see me like this, I'm still doing full academic work, writing papers, writing books, writing journals. I'm still doing all those things, teaching. This week, I'll be teaching in Hong Kong. I'm not flying to Hong Kong, don't be afraid. <laughs> I'll be teaching in Hong Kong. I'm still doing it, like as if it is just the only thing I do. And I'm still, by the grace of God, every opportunity I have serving in the, in the in providing consultancy services. Just last week, the Institution of Civil Engineers contacted me that they want me to write a little piece on how contractors can work in, on small projects in these very difficult times. From the ICE office in London. We are busy people. Nobody is a joker. We are busy people. If we don't have this power that heals us and gives us soundness of health, how can we cope? Peter said, you people think that it is me. It is us. It has nothing to do with us. There is a faith in that name. It's the name of Jesus. Every time you declare the word of God or you state the name of Jesus, you release the faith in that name. When Elisha told Naaman, he did not mention Jesus, but he gave him the word of God. And we know that the word is what became flesh, according to John chapter 1, verse 14. But he gave him the word. He said, go wash in, in, the, in, in, the, in the Jordan seven times. Go dip yourself seven times. That's the word of God. Now, those prophets used to say, by my word. And people used to say, oh, that is a word of the prophet and a word of God. There is no prophet that has any word whatsoever. The Bible says, holy men of God speak as the spirit of God gave them utterance. So let us not be preaching that fallacy. There is no by my word. When they say by my word, what they are saying is the word I'm declaring by God's counsel. They weren't being arrogant. We are the generation that wants to now turn it and say, my word. What is your word? You have no word. I have no word. If he has not spoken, we speak trash. If he has not spoken, we have nothing to say. But according to the word of the Lord, the Bible says he said to him, go and dip seven times. That same Jesus released. Every time you see the word of God spoken in the Old Testament and something happened, it is Jesus that was released. Whether the word, whether the rod of Moses that parted the Red Sea is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. It's when he manifested and he became flesh that we now saw how he operated by speaking the word himself. And he is commanding us as well to keep speaking the word. Why Jesus? The Bible says, let this mind, Philippians chapter 2, don't turn to it. Let this mind be in you, verse 5, which also was in Christ Jesus, who was equal with God, but did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The Bible says, but he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And say, wherefore God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that is above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So you and I need health and divine health. Every day I pray for our healthcare professionals, especially those of us who are, who are within, the, within the church folk, who are always going out there. Many of you have been working nights in, nights out, day in, day out, including some members of my own household. I, I believe in the PPEs and I believe in those things that you should use and you must please be using them and follow every guidance. But I've always told you what you need mostly is the armor of God. Be covered all the time with the blood of Jesus. Be covered all the time with the full armor of God. And God will continue to protect you in this terrible pandemic time that we're in.
Number four, which is the last one I want to share with you today. There is a power to endure persecutions. Number one, remember, power for our inner being. Number two, power for kingdom service. Number three, power for healing and divine health. I, I, I need to say something on that before we go on again. Divine health is what you enjoy. Healing is what you minister. Divine health is what you enjoy. Healing is what you minister. So always remember, the power to do the two, to keep enjoying divine health. And keep, Divine health doesn't mean that your body doesn't get attacked. But because you are under that covenant of divine health, every time there is an attack, God helps you. Every time there is an attack, God helps you. I've been there many times, even up to just yesterday. He attacks, and then God helps me. I come out of it. There is a power for it. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens your mortal body to enjoy it. Tap into it. So finally, power to endure persecution. Power to endure persecution. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 8. I hope you are all preparing the communion. We'll, we'll break bread in a short while, but I want to quickly explain these points. Say, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is a spirit of fear that is in our world today, very prevalent. Comes through the news media, comes through friends, comes through social media everywhere, bombarding our hearts. That is not of God. News is news. I don't have any problem with hearing news. But any news that strikes fear in your heart has come with a spirit that is not of God and you have to reject it. Anytime you hear news and the news gives you information and it leads you to pray normally and leads you to reflect, and do, that's okay. That's news. But when it hits your heart and you find yourself, you cough two times and you are starting to shake because <laughs> the last news you heard is that if you now cough two times, you got it. <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. That is the spirit of fear. The Bible says God has not given us that spirit. But what has he given us? Of power. Of power. Of love. And of a sound mind. Verse 8. Verse 8. He said, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoners, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Our generation of believers don't like to hear about these sufferings for the gospel. We just want to be king's kid, eagle's flight, on the top, the head and not the tail. There is something called the sufferings for the gospel. And until you understand the power to, to live by it and yet overcome by it, you will keep finding yourself compromising in many areas. Paul said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of God. For it is the power of God, or the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Don't be ashamed. If we are ashamed of him before men, he said he will be ashamed of us before his father and before the angels. Let us not be ashamed of him. You need a power not to be ashamed of him. You need a power to be able to boldly declare in your office, I am born again. You need the power to be able to put on your social media that you are a child of God in Instagram, Facebook, and all the social media feeds that we have. You need the power. It is not anything that anybody gets from anywhere as a gift. It is a power that quickens the mortality, that makes you see that none of those things matter. I have said it many times jokingly that if people who like football put football, like entertainers put entertainment, and like all kinds of things, even people who like perverse things, Put it on their social media feed 
And then we who, are the na- who name the name of the Lord are usually afraid and timid. Go back to verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. And so you need the power. Many people say, I want to, I want to identify with, with God. But you know, I don't know. These days of political correctness and this and that and this. I'm not asking you to be rude. You don't have to be rude to anybody. You don't have to be rude. You don't need it. But if everybody has a right to express what they believe, and the person who believes is a man should marry a man, or a woman should marry a woman, can express it openly. Why can't I express openly that I believe that I am a child of God? And I also believe that I can marry my wife. It's a free world. I'm not against anybody. If that's what you believe, thank God for you. Thank God for you. But this is what I believe. And this is what the one I believe say I should do. We need a power. That power gives us wisdom. It gives us boldness. In Acts 4.29, the believers were praying. And when they were intimidated and told not to preach the gospel again, they prayed. They said, Lord, grant unto your servants boldness. That's the power. They knew that they were shaking. Acts 4, they've just had a mighty roar. 3,000 people added. The church was bubbling. Things were tingling. And the opposition arose. They knew that they were starting to see bits of fear. They said, Lord, grant unto your servants boldness. Quicken this our mortal bodies to overcome fear. When you hear the news of COVID-19 ravaging, remember I said a thousand to your left, ten thousand to your right. None will come near your place. Rise, not in arrogance. Rise in his mercy and arise and shine because your light has come. He had told you before that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness will cover the people. Did you not read it in your Bible? He said, but for you who name the name of the Lord, you should arise and shine because your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Part of Christian suffering is the fact that you may not go to the pubs and the meetings where they socialize and they give positions to people. I've been there many times. And you are treated like an outcast because they think they are playing you politics. You don't worry yourself. Settle with this God. Settle with this God. Suffer it with him. Whatever position you need to get to, however God wants to put you in position. Listen, friends, position in life is not a status. It's not something that is a title, rather. It's not a title. They can call you MD, and yet you are of most men the most miserable. But you, they can give you the janitor role or the cleaner role in that organization and God working with you, you will live a more comfortable, more blessed, more beautified life than the man carrying the title MD who is full of all kinds of sickness, all kinds of trouble, all kinds of turmoil. They can deny you the position for the executive, but they cannot stop you from being an executive in God's hands. They can deny you a rank, but they cannot stop income flowing into your life supernaturally. Suffer with him. Don't compromise for any reason. Stay with God. Focus with him. If that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead be at work in you, how much more is it able to quicken your mortal bodies even by the spirit that is already at work in you? I close this this morning by reminding you that everything God has promised is already here. Everything that should give us restful increase by this power is already given. It's already given. 
We only need to understand that for life and ministry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 tells us, for life and ministry, that we must understand that there is a grace and peace that God desires for us to have by knowledge. 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, we got it. 2 Peter 1, 2. Let's go. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, verse 3. As his divine power has not will give us it has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue he has given us all things when i was to start ministry i said lord this thing you are telling me is huge why are we going to have the money how are we going to have the things he asked me i knelt down i was praying with my wife we had just finished the fasting session and god showed me he said as long as you keep obeying me the money to do the, the people that will do the work Part time will be there with you. The people that will, that, that will give of their time and their energy and their resources, they will always be there. The money to do the work will always be there. So since that day, I have never had one sleepless night over money in this ministry. I don't take a dime of salary from here. And God has been supernaturally meeting my needs. I have grown up children. And if you have grown up children, you know the demand at times. At times, you, you need to spend some good money, good money. And God has been faithful. God has been faithful. I said, Lord, I travel a lot. I do so many things. How am I going to do it? He said, just keep following me. I have been to more nations on the basis of the work I do for the university and that I do professionally. More than in the, in the last seven years, more than I've ever done before. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. And yet ministry is going solidly every week with or without anybody to the glory of God. I am not trying to be arrogant here. You know very well I value everyone that serves in the ministry. But you must not be living your life based on what you see in the physical. His divine power has given you all things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. You already have it. It's already there. Don't let anybody tell you today that you don't have it. He has given us all things already that we need as a ministry. He has given us all things that pertain to your life, your children. He has given them admissions, all things, your wife, your husband. He has given you all increase and promotion. Those of you looking for more children, he has given you all things. Don't let the devil ever tell you. He has given those of you that still need to get married, your spouses. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. What we need is in the last part of the verse. Through the knowledge of him who called us. Without knowledge, we will be shortchanged. Without knowledge, we will be limited. The power is there. The provisions are there. But we need knowledge. That's why the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You will not perish. The knowledge of the Most High that you need will always be at work in you. If you can't remember anything, remember this illustration. See yourself and what God wants to do as a TV set, a television set that you have just bought. You bought it, 60-inch screen, you are so, so glad to have it home. And you've hung it on the wall, but it's not yet plugged. No matter how beautiful and how powerful that television is, and no matter what is the signal is happening in what you want to watch, you want to watch a premiership match or something, no matter how they are happening live, as long as you don't plug it into the, the socket and put it on, it does not work. You will look at that screen and lament. That is what many Christians are doing. Looking at their lives and lament and shaking, Lord, why? Why, why, why is this happening to me? Why, why? Meanwhile, God is saying, plug it, plug it, plug it, 
plug it. You know what it is? The electricity company is God. My illustration. The socket on your wall is the grace of God that everybody has access to. The Bible says grace of God appears to all men. Isn't it? And then your plug is your faith. It is grace and faith that connects you to the power all the time. And then you know what it is? You know what knowledge is? Your switch, your remote control. That's what helps you. Even if you plug it, you have faith, you have connected to it, and it's flowing. If you don't put it on, you still will be lamenting there. And the TV will look at you with one small red light, telling you that I'm on, but I'm not on. You need to switch me on. This is why the Word of God is like our remote control. We need to go from place to place in the Word of God and understand what God is saying. Like your remote control moves from channel 1 to channel 50 to channel 70 and so on. That's the same way you need to be going in the word of God and looking at the channel 1 for this moment. You need to draw power for it. You go to channel 5. You need to understand what is going to happen about this your phase of life that is just confusing. You go to channel 10. And these channels are locked up in Ephesians. They are locked up in Galatians. They are locked up in Deuteronomy. They are locked up in Revelation. They are locked up in Genesis. All over the 66 books. They are channels that knowledge will help you bring out when you tap into it that power starts to flow it starts to flow it starts to flow i pray today that god is going to take you to a realm that will make you manifest this power to the glory of his name in the mighty name of jesus we're going to break bread very shortly this communion that we're going to have is a communion of contact with power whatever you have prepared in your households i want you we're going to pray generally then we're going to have break it together but I want you to believe God that whatever you are eating today is not the material you have prepared. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's biscuit you have, it's uh, Coke or Fanta. It doesn't matter. They are symbols. Don't go and look for communion wine and, and queue for two hours to get communion wine. Just get something that can symbolize. Even if it's water you have, you can color it up just to give you some feel of it. But you know what? Even water you believe is the blood, it's good enough. It's good enough. The communion is, 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 is a spiritual activity much more than a physical activity. And today I want to pray with you that God will do a new thing in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let us pray in Jesus' name. Let's thank God for you.